Good morning, my name is Hallie Eddings. During confirmation, we learned that the Bible is God's love letter to us. It's like an owner's, owner's manual for people. Our scripture today is from the book of Isaiah, chapter six, verses one through nine. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook the temple, was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am the man of unclean lips, and I have lived among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had, he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With, with it, he, he touched my mouth and said, See this, has touched your lips and your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom sh who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. He said, Go and tell the people this, Be ever hearing, but never understanding. Be ever seeing, but never perceiving. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Way back, you have me raw some this here. Okay. What'd you say? It's not work. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Miracle in the sanctuary. Okay. So confirmation class, uh, some of you might remember this. Not all of you were at this moment, but some of you, our first time at Wilderness Trail, went with me when we walked up the mountain uh, there above the lodge, and we saw something that was really caught our attention. We saw this red-tailed hawk mounting the gray wind, and red hawk can catch the wind in the thermals. It's a beautiful thing to watch, because without even flapping the wing, it can just circle and circle and go higher and higher, and we watched it. It was a wild and beautiful thing. And that night around the campfire, when we were sharing holy ground, some of you were still talking about it. And it, at that point, it wasn't just something that was beautiful and wild. It was something that was tugging at you. The way you talked about it, it was almost like, you know, it made you want to live a life that was true to the goodness and the wonder you saw up there. It was like a, you were being summoned. That's the way it was with Isaiah. You, you heard from him and his story. It was the year when King Uzziah died, and in that world, it was like for some of us when I was young, when uh, uh, President Kennedy died. It was a historic, kind of earth-shattering moment for that world. And he went into the sanctuary, and the whole place began to just shake and bake with spiritual energy. And he said, holy, 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 Lord God of hosts. And um, young Isaiah, he put his, his head down in the padded temple of his hands. And he said, don't, you, you don't want to deal with me. I'm, I'm just mere human. I'm a person of unclean lips. But the Holy One did not draw away, drew closer. 
and he called Isaiah by name and he said, whom shall I send into a world that's dying for lack of love and life? And before Isaiah could come up with a bunch of excuses, he raised his hand and said, here am I, send me. So confirmands, I think you know by this point, we've talked about this a lot, that that voice is still being heard, okay? I hope it's going to be heard in your heart and mind today. We told you during confirmation that that voice was pretty active at your baptism. Someone said that uh, every person that comes into the world is spoken over. Don't you like that phrase? That's what happened at your baptism. The voice of God spoke over you. And I'm, I'm going to tell you what that voice said, okay? That voice said, um, you're not manufactured as a something. You're a someone. You're a creation. You're one of God's masterpieces. You're a miracle in the making. And on that day, the voice said, not only are you made in the image of God, but you're made by God's imagination, which means God has things in mind for you that are full of possibility and promise that you can be a part of God's holy business. That day that you came dripping with the water, and some of you I baptized right here all over your face and your forehead, that was like your ordination. That was your call to ministry. And you say, I don't remember that. I didn't say anything. Oh, but you were surrounded by a group of people that you might call God's idea partners, your parents, this crazy group called church. And those people, they got you. See, they knew who you really were. And it's going to be their job to get you to this place where we think you're old enough to get who you are and to know your call. We surrounded you. Every one of you had a mentor, someone who was another one of those God idea partners that shared their tug of God upon their life. You heard their story. Oh, and you were reintroduced to the great God idea partner of all time, Jesus. And we heard during confirmation that Jesus said he never meant to save the world all by himself. He needed you, needed me. We heard those stories. Jesus coming into ordinary boys and girls, men and women's life and saying, Follow me. Confirmands, I have to think some of you, if you were real honest, somewhere during this year, you probably said, ah, this sounds a little more than I'm ready for, okay? I mean, I'm just trying to get through sixth grade math. I'm just trying to see if I can make the soccer team. I haven't figured out what I want to do with my life, and you're talking about something that important. Not sure I'm ready for that. Listen to me. You're ready. Look at me now. You have everything you need to answer your divine call. You know what you have? You have what the rest of us have. One life to live on this planet. And every day you can link with God in God's task of increasing the abundance of life on this earth. We talked a lot about what we believe about Jesus, but did you also hear say what Jesus believes about you? You have it in you to be like Jesus. Oh, you know what? You've got something a lot of these folks have lost, and I've lost along the way. I heard this guy this week and giving a talk, and his name was Tim Story. He said, young people, children and youth, they haven't lost their shout. Did you have your parents very often say to you, 
Uh, um, you know, it, it's a little too quiet in there. Come on, ratchet it up. A little more noise. Huh? Do you hear that much? No, no. You hear, come on, stifle, stifle. You haven't lost your shout. There's an old tired world out there. It needs your youthfulness, your gladness. You have exuberant deeds of compassion that'll be done the next few years. Only if you do them. You're called for. Okay, I've said a word to them, and I'm going to talk to the rest of us. Okay. If my experience is to be trusted, God calls us not once, but many times. Sometimes that call and nudge may be like Isaiah's moment, as clear as a bell. Sometimes it's hardly audible. Have you found, though, as an adult, the longer we're here, we get harder of hearing? <laughs> Not just physically, but spiritually. I, I think, oh, you know, there's so much clutter. There's so much uh, static on the line. And don't you find, as an adult, th there are so many voices to listen to, and all of them seem promising. Maybe that's why Frederick Beekner said that um, he fears that we will not listen to the voice that speaks to us to the vision in the temple, or as I said earlier, to the voice that speaks to us from the hawk mounting the gray wind. You know what we'll hear? All we hear as adults sometimes is that blaring, banal voice of our culture that says, hey, the only thing that matters is what you get in the way of salary and stuff and status, and if it's your joy you're looking for, just save it for the weekend. How are we going to hear that voice, the voice? Stop, look, listen. Like Isaiah, take a moment where you're not a rock skipping across the water. You slow down long enough for your soul to catch up with your body, and then you might hear it. I do believe that the voice of God is always speaking to us, with us, for us, but it's easily ignored. You know what I heard someone say? The voice of God is kind of like the sound of a little tiny whippoorwill. You know the whippoorwill, don't you? Yeah. Its arias mourn the dusk. Its solos signal the dawn. It will not stop singing till the sun is seen. Oh, but there are a lot of other voices that are louder and a lot more animals of the heart that are easily fed and satisfied. The lion, the lion that grow, growls for power, the stallion that, that bucks for attention. But that sound of the God's voice, the whippoorwill, it's there. You may be on the back porch one evening enjoying a, a lemonade or cup of coffee and you're saying it doesn't get any better than this but, oh but there's that voice that says yes it does it's that yearning that longing for something more that's the sound we're talking about that sound that says look life is more than what are we going to eat and what are we going to wear and how are we going to entertain ourselves on Friday night and Isaiah heard that voice and it called him to something larger than self deeper than family